It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by the great Jason Shear. Hello, Jason Shear. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you, Mike? I'm not too bad, Shear. All right, we got a lot to get to this show, obviously. We're even going to talk a little bit of Arizona basketball, rank the backcourts in the conference right there. ASU will not be amongst the top four. But first, we got to talk about Arizona, Mississippi State. I know that there's some upset people. I totally get it. I don't care. I am more than okay with what I saw without there. Obviously, JDL is something we've got to address. But overall, Sheer, I thought they acquitted themselves very well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the thing that two things really stuck out to me. Number one, the size difference that was very clear last year was not clear at all on right. Saturday. Arizona is a significantly bigger team on the deep on the side of the ball. The second thing that really stood out on the positive way is that they played really hard. I mean, really hard. They were hitting harder than we've seen an Arizona team hit in a long time. They were running to the ball. They generally tackled well. They had a few missed tackles that cost them. But overall, I mean, I think the disappointment comes from the fact that Arizona probably should have won that game. Arizona should have won that game. And But if you were to tell me, and tell me if I'm wrong here, because I'm wrong much of the time, but I kind of came away thinking that Arizona was a better football team than Mississippi State. No, I tweeted that, and then some Mississippi State fans got mad. I think Arizona is a better team than Mississippi State. I think anytime you turn the ball over five times and can still almost win, you're probably the better team. It just was one of those days. Right, and one thing that I don't, um, one thing that I don't get um, is why in the world, uh, why in the world does Mississippi State get rid of the Mike Leach offense? They kept talking about the air raid. That was nothing like a Mike Leach offense. No, that was the air raid. It never was. I don't know why some people said it was like an air raid. But, I mean, look, the guy that they hired, Barbe, I like, and I know it's Appalachian State or whatever, but, like, his numbers were awesome. Like, he ran a different – and I don't – my gut tells me that he doesn't like Will Rogers. That's not his guy. And so it's a very dumbed-down offense because when you look at the numbers at Appalachian State, like, the passing efficiency, the scoring efficiency – we're all like top 20 in the country. Right, for sure. All right, but let's talk about Arizona, though. On the defensive side, too, the uh, the first couple uh, first couple series, you and I were uh, texting back and forth and we're like, eh, I don't know. I mean, the running backs weren't even getting touched until eight yards down in a, uh, the line of scrimmage. But after that, though, Arizona really kind of buckled up right there. And not only that, they were getting they were getting pressure after the quarterback. Very unusual. 
Yeah, I think once you you watch what happened the rest of the game, the first two drives were probably jitters, being on the road in a in a difficult environment because it just didn't match up. Uh, the run defense was fantastic in the second half. Mississippi State had 15 carries for 29 yards, which is just insane to to say. And um, you know they were getting after the quarterback. There were sacks. There were third down and short stops. Uh, it was a a very impressive performance. And, and Fish said after the game that the biggest thing he learned from the game was that they have a real defense pretty much. And he's right. It's hard to watch that game and not come away with the belief that the defense is legitimately, like we've always said, it's average. We know it's average. But there are some uh, parts to the defense that are not average. We will get to those in a little bit. Justin Flo, I wrote him off too quick, Sheer. Justin Flo was a heat-seeking missile out there. Um, I do believe that if he was in there in overtime on that play, he's probably not missing that tackle right there. Um, Justin Flo, he's got to play a lot more going forward. Yeah, it, I mean, look, you, you got to take what you get with Justin Flo. Like his, and, and I know PFF isn't the end-all be-all and some of their grades are just ridiculous, but uh, like his coverage grade was bad. Right. But his run defense grade was fine. And like that kind of confirms what we said is he's going to mess up in coverage, but against a team that's primarily running the ball, he's going to play very, very well. Like I would expect, and I know it's only UTEP, I bet you if he plays this weekend like he did, you know, against Mississippi State, the same number of snaps, he does even better against UTEP, which is a straightforward, no gimmick, like running team. It's he's got to play more. I, I mean, and, and Daniel Humili hasn't been awful. His numbers haven't been there. He hasn't been awful. But man, that play in overtime uh, clearly hurt Arizona. Yeah. And I got a question. Was the Humili thing kind of, and again, he doesn't stink. I get that. Not saying that at all. I don't want to be the king of overreaction because I've been accused of that before. But. It was Haimuli kind of the answer in search of a problem. Did the coaching staff try to get a little too cute here? I don't know because he is better. It's it's weird. It's because look, if you combine Haimuli and Flo into one linebacker, he'd be the, one of the best linebackers in the country. Like mm-hmm. Haimuli is absolutely better in coverage than Justin Flo, and Flo is absolutely more athletic and faster than Haimuli. So it's just a matter of and there's other guys on the defensive side of the ball that they're doing it with. It's you got to take your your lumps and know that the the ceiling, the potential with flow is higher. The ceiling, the potential with flow is higher. And yeah, I mean, you got to put him out there. Um, all right. Not everything was great. Gunnar Maldonado. Again, we're going to get to the offense here in a second. Gunnar Maldonado. I do not understand. And again, I always paraphrase this by saying jet fish is there. I am here. Um, obviously. I don't understand what this coaching staff sees in Gunnar Maldonado because, quite frankly, I get t- texts from parents, uh, tweets from parents asking why in the world is this guy out there? And he's been out there for two years. He is terrible in coverage. He is terrible. I know he can hit a little bit, but he shouldn't be out there, Sheer. And in the second he went out there, um, Mississippi State went right after him. It's. T- I'm going to ask the, the, the Jed press conferences in a few hours, and I've been thinking of a way to basically ask him that question because I've reached out to a few coaches. Why does he play? It's easy. Yeah, it, I, I might, but, like, no one can give me a reason. And it's people close to the program, too. Like, why does Gunner play? And no one can give me a reason. Even, like, if I was like, you know what, Sheer, it is what it is. We're playing him. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't agree with it, but, hey, I get it. <laughs> but, like – no one can give me a, a reason. 
his coverage grade, like I mentioned Flo's coverage grade, Gunner was the only person that was, I think, better, right? Like, right. But he's safety. It should be better. He shouldn't have the lowest coverage grade on the team for like two games in a row. He played 25 snaps. His grading was awful. He was the worst of the safeties by far in both games. I mean, and, and, and look, and he's, if this state last year too, let's be honest. Yeah, And like if Mississippi state saw it, like what, what is a team like a Colorado or whatever going to do? They're going to say, Oh, Gunner's on the field. Number nine. We're going right at this kid. Yeah. And, and again, they didn't waste any time in that first half, that's first drive of the second half. Oh, he's out there. Cool. Watch this touchdown in the back of the end zone. I think it's one of those things. You just take your lumps. Listen, I know Genesis Smith isn't perfect. I get all that, but you're also, he's also a freshman with a lot of upside right there. Whereas opposed to a uh, gutter Maldonado is a, what is his fourth year in college? And he has no upside. I don't get it. Yeah, that's the thing to me. Like, I'd rather just put Genesis in and let him let him get his lumps. Like, you right. cut perfect play. Like, let him play for. He played two snaps against Mississippi State. Just I don't get two. it. Right, and and that makes so. And I get that Dalton Johnson's hurt. He was out for the majority of the second half, and all of a sudden you're down to you know Gunner and Isaiah Taylor. But let let Genesis play a little bit. Like, get him in there a little bit. I like the combo during practice. Like we talked about. Genesis and Isaiah Taylor. I thought that was going to be the starting safety unit. Dalton Johnson has been great, so I have no problem there. Um, but Genesis not playing as much is, is weird to me. All right, now, well, we're about to talk about JDL and what we do about this situation right here. But first, BetMGM right here. Bet 10 to get 200. Sign up for BetMGM right now. Use bonus code PHNX+. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. You'll receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for details. We told you. I, well, I, I picked Arizona to win, and I picked Nebraska to win. So um, go against what I have to say, perhaps. But either way, hit the BetMGM app, and let's hear from the great Shane Diefenbach with uh, the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right. Now we got to talk about Jaden Delora here. Um, listen, a lot of what Jaden Delora, Jaden Delora can do some really, really good things out there. No doubt about it. Um, but I, I am of the opinion now that your upside will always be limited with Jaden Delora. Again, he can get you to a certain place, but you are never going to really get over the top with Jaden Delora because he just does too many dumb things out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the compare. Tell me if you like this comparison because this is going around a little bit. You know what? You know what comparison I'm going to ask you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jaden Delora is football's Kirk Risa. You know where? You know here's and I and I like the comparison. Here's where I think it's a little little off, but by and large, it's good. Is that Jane Delora is Jane Delora's highs are much better than Kirk Creasa's. Um, Jane Delora, I think, is also better at football than uh, Kirk Creasa is at basketball. But Arizona basketball should always be able to get a better point guard than Kirk Creasa. Whereas with Arizona football, I can at least see the rub where you might not necessarily be able to get a better quarterback than Jane Delora. 
No, I absolutely agree. Uh, and, and I think that at the end of the day, that's why Jed Fitch stands by Jaden Delora because he believes that the ceiling when Jaden is playing well. Huh? He backs back Jay. Jay. I, I, you know, I, I just think that he believes that the ceiling when Jaden is playing well is higher than the ceiling when Noah plays well, right? And, and, and I think at the end of the day, um, that that's just the difference. They just trust Jaden more. Even when Jaden – because here's what's going to happen the next two weeks. Jaden Delore is going to throw for 750 yards with six touchdowns and, like, one pick. Yeah, yeah. But the problem, though, and I, our, our good buddy Jacob Franklin also mentioned, mentioned this. Jacob Franklin, hop in here, my friend, even though your camera is not on. But Jacob Franklin made this point, too, where he, Jake Franklin is not listening to me. Um, he, I don't blame him. Um the problem, though, with JDL, though, is that JDL generally stinks against good defenses. That's that's kind of the issue right there. So, yeah, if you're going to feast on Stanford and UTEP, cool. But the second you play Washington and we have five interceptions, we're right back where we started. It's a weird situation because I understand the people that want to see Noah, um, but I completely understand the yeah. playing Jaden, right? Like, I have no problem. I, I get why Jed trusts Jaden Delora and thinks that he's good. There is no consideration to benching him right now. Yeah, and you know what? There's not going to be. But we got to talk about it, though. There's got to be something where he's held accountable, in my opinion, though. Because, listen, we've he's talked about it before. He said, well, I can't play fam, Rayshon, Speedy Luke, because he has a fumble. You know, he might fumble the ball. Cool. Get it. But when you got a quarterback that's going out there and throwing a Pop Warner passes – uh, against NAU and much worse against Mississippi State. At some point, he's got to be held accountable for something. Yeah, and, and you know, I, it was interesting. There was one comment that he he said, basically, this had happened last year. He would have shut down and been impossible to deal with. And this year, he was more mature with the situation and all that. But the problem is, like, like, what do you do? What's the punishment? The only the punishment is benching him. And would you have really, like, even I said I thought he should have been benched in the first quarter. But then you think about it, and you're down 14 to nothing on the road against Mississippi State. That's not the ideal situation for Noah Fafita to come in and play the next three quarters. And here's the thing, too. Once you make that move, Jaden Delora's career at Arizona is over. See, I don't know. Everybody says this. Why is that? Just because it's a cliche? It's not a cliche. It's it like a cliche. Here's here's the thing. Like, let's look at ASU. Let's look at let's look at no 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 no. Let's look at ASU. Right. Mm -hmm. Rashada has not played very well the first two games. Right. If Drew Pine didn't get hurt, Drew Pine's probably the starting quarterback. Let's say Drew Pine is better this week. Do you bench Jaden Rashada? No, but the problem with that comparison, though, is that Jaden Rashada is also a true freshman with a world of potential in front of him. This is who JDL is at this point. No, no, but uh, but what about Noah? What I'm saying is if, if you put in Noah, the, the argument is nothing to do with Jaden. It has to do with if you put in Noah and you say you're my starting quarterback, he is your starting quarterback. Well, I'm you not can- even saying that, but why can't he get in the game if when JDL is stinking it up? I'm not saying to, I'm not saying to start Noah, but at least give Noah some snaps. And if he plays, how do you judge him? Huh? Like you don't have to, like. Let's say he went in against Mississippi State and he went ten of twenty for a touchdown and a pick. Who starts against Utah? 
Well, I'd still go with Jaden. I'm not saying to bench Jaden, but I am saying I think that there needs to be some form of accountability when we watch what we watched out there. Because well, yeah, if you believe that you could play Noah and then make the decision to start, still start Jaden the next week, then I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I disagree. I think once you put Noah in, it is very hard to take him out. Well, but it happens all the time. Sometimes a quarterback goes in, he goes back out. Noah's got Here's four more years. Here's a better example. Your boy Matt Rule at today's presser said Jeff Sims is our starting quarterback. We, but we need to cut down on all his turnovers. Because he knows that if he benches Jeff Sims, Jeff Sims is done. Which might not be a bad thing, but you get what I I'm saying. Say, what the, well, he's the worst player in college football right now. I mean, what's what's going to happen? He's going to get worse? Uh, for some reason, whatever it is, confidence, whatever, it is very difficult to make a quarterback change at the college level. It just I don't know why. It just doesn't happen. I, I, I saw so much bad quarterbacking this weekend, and those same dudes are going to start next week. See, but I think that's a lot of groupthink right there. And if you didn't hear that, you wouldn't believe that opinion. You believe that opinion because everybody says it, but there's actually, I don't know that there's any factual, is factuality a word? Yeah. You could go the Mike Gundy route. You just play three quarterbacks. Oh, that was, by the way, watching ASU, that I was bummed about the end of the Mississippi State game. But then after we got off the post game, I said, I got a whole second half in front of me right here. That team is a good example of rebuilding and not having enough depth because their offensive line is battered. And the guys that are the backups are horrendous. They might have the worst power five offensive line in the country. All right, let's talk about Arizona's offensive line. Don't worry, we're going to get back to JDL right here. We're going to get back to JDL. Also, I mean, let's be honest here. He's got a massive maturity problem if you're worried about taking him out for a couple series and that he might shut down or that he would have done that last year. I mean, come on, dude. You're in your fourth year of college, man. Yeah, I, I mean. You agree with me on that. I know you do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm not calling for Noah to start. I'm just calling when you're stinking up the joint, it's okay to put somebody else in there. You know, that's all I'm saying. All right. Now, the offensive line, you actually had a very good tweet during the game. I'm, I will give you credit on this. Jordan Morgan is going to play a long time in the NFL. A long time in the NFL. Um, that's what a first-round tackle is supposed to look like. Yeah, I mean, they, they replayed that one where he hesitated and still picked up the blitzer and then turned inside to block another guy. College linemen can't do that unless you're headed to the NFL. I mean, that was such an NFL move, uh, graded out well. And I think what we said came true. Like, Jonas Savanea was dominant Mm -hmm. in that game. They didn't get by him once. They didn't get by Jordan Morgan. They were kind of picking on Wendell Moe. Wendell Moe's run blocking grade was awful, but his pass blocking was really good. Uh, Mississippi State played the run. The O-line, there's only so much you can do. But pass blocking, uh, Arizona's offensive line was dominant pass blocking. Yeah, and Jed said before the year, and I mean, I think it made a lot of sense. Jed said that this is going to be one of the strengths of this team this year. And so far it's been. And we haven't even seen the great Raymond Polito. By the way, I was talking with his dad on Twitter. We got to stop with all the bike stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Somebody's bike gets stolen. Somebody falls off a bike. What are we doing down here in Tucson? I got to say, based on what I've heard about that, he is very lucky. Yeah. I <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he is lucky. Hopefully he's back this weekend, but uh, I don't think there was any chance he was playing. Against it could have been much worse. Yeah, it could. And, and it was bad. And it still could have been much worse. By the way, one thing that I don't like, even though it worked out, um, I agree with this. 
and he wouldn't have been. I didn't like that QB sneak at all. Horrible play. Awful. Horrible play. It's like, it, it's like if you uh, – like the equivalent in basketball is like when you play for one and then the dude shoots a three two seconds into the shot clock and right. the other team has a chance to come and win the game. Like it's like what – if that doesn't work, there's a 90% chance the clock runs out, right? right. And then Arizona – like it, it was just – asinine because it was so clear that he called that play on his own and my question also is again where is the accountability for that let's say it doesn't work that is another devastating mistake right there do we just say well that's just Jaden being Jaden and uh, throw him back out there yeah no I I get it I mean that's what happens with that play but Jed will tell you well I trust my quarterback and he saw something in the Mississippi State defense and it worked and that's why I trust Jaden Delora that's the exact quote. By the way, I don't, by the way, Jed Jed has done an amazing job. So this all needs to be said because again, at the end of the day, the job that he has done in three years has been remarkable. I mean, I can't I can't think of anything. He's surpassed my wildest expectations as far as just how he's been able to put a roster together in such a short time with inheriting the worst roster in college football. Yeah, I mean, look, there's ways to do this, right? Like, Deion Sanders is an enigma. No one's done it his way. Um, it is very successful. No knock on his way. Uh, Matt Rule is going less transfers, many more high school players. Going to build it up, which is going to take time. Jet Fish, around Jeff Sims, though. Yes. Jet, uh, <laughs> Jet Fish is doing a little bit of both, where basically he recruits high school guys, determines the holes on the team, and then goes out and gets transfers, right? And he'll do the same this year. He'll say, you know what? We need a safety priority number one transfer safety, right? And that's and that's what they do. So there's different strategies. Um, I don't know if there's a right strategy and a wrong strategy, but I think it's clear that Jed Fish's strategy for this season uh, it's it's going to work. Yes, it's going to work. And I think the naysayers out there are starting to come along. Let's talk about our good friend Shane Diefenbach right here, here in a second, because we had a good conversation with our esteemed colleague. But first, Circle K, Sheer, you're coming down to this neck of the woods here for the presser. Or do you plan on stopping by Circle K? I was actually at Circle K this morning. I got gas and a, and a coffee at Circle K. That's where that's it. By the way, Circle K has the cheapest gas in Tucson right now. I'm just throwing that out there. There's one. Somebody told me that off the Benson Highway, which I will never traverse to even for cheaper gas, that uh, it has the cheapest gas. I will not go there, but the uh, the idea is solid in a strategy. Here's the deal with Circle K, though. Join uh, uh, Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for more details all right t-mac um our buddy jacob franklin doesn't think that he's clearly better than elijah badger he and this and we like elijah badger on this show he's one of the few asu players that, that's good but t-mac's a different animal than almost everybody in the conference outside of the two dudes at washington travis hunter and the usc guy um this guy is this is a first round pick you saw it for uh you you we've saw it all off season. This dude's this dude's gonna catch barring injury for thirteen hundred yards and thirteen plus touchdowns. I don't want to brag, Mike, but we were very prophetic this game because we said that people would know Arizona's offensive line and they would know T Mac by the end of this game. Oh, they uh, know him. This, yeah, oh, they know him. <laughs> like it's like once again, I know he doesn't care that much. 
But the idea that he's not one of the top 49 wide receivers in the country is insane. The dude's really good. Uh, he probably should have. Remember, he stepped out of bounds. He, he should have had 200 yards right. uh, against a, a very solid defense. Um, it, there comes a time there's there's sometimes you get a wide receiver where you just kind of throw up the ball and let him go to work, right? That's, That's him. Delora threw a ball to T-Mac and it's incomplete, but it was good enough for T-Mac to go up and get it. I'm cool with that play. You know, Arizona's had a few of those guys over the years. Uh, T-Mac is one of them. You just say, you know what, go make plays. He needs like 15 targets a game. He need at least. I mean, he and again, you're only going to have him here for another year. So I say use him, use him, use him. And that Hail Mary at the end of the uh, first half, he's the only dude on the team. I mean, granted it, 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 how it came down, but you're that's the only guy in the team you feel comfortable throwing that ball to. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, you know, I, I didn't mind that. You're like, oh, what the heck is this throw? And then you see it's T-Mac. There's literally like uh, there's not many throws in his directions his direction that i'd be upset what, what with. not many throws in what directions okay i was just making sure i heard that right but yes well, i know what you were thinking <laughs> but no he no he's just you, there's a lot of times that there's not a lot of times but there are some times when players come around arizona that clearly don't they clearly look out of place here we'll put it to you like that gronk's freshman year where we're like um, yeah, uh, this guy doesn't belong here. Jonas Savanea's freshman year, uh, yeah, doesn't belong here. T Mac's <laughs> another one of those dudes. T Mac doesn't so belong here. But I, I, hope, I hope people know what we mean because, like, it's the whole like, like guys like that don't come around here very often, right? Right. And it's like you know right away when a guy. It's called like the you know when when you win the game, getting off the bus. Like, remember, like, USC years ago when they used to come to the Arizona Stadium and you used to see both teams warming up? You'd go down to the field and just start laughing because right. it's like, it was just stupid. Um, Arizona's not going to be like that. And, like, Jonah looks the part. T Mac looks the part. Like, I can say comfortably now that these guys are going to have long professional careers. And that doesn't happen very often at Arizona. There's very few guys where you could say that as sophomores. There are two players on this team, and Jordan Morgan might be in there as well, but I could I could see him being a second round. But there are two players on this team that I believe now are guaranteed first-round picks, barring injury, and that's Big Jonah and that's T-Mac. Those two dudes are – I have a hard time seeing, and especially with the way the receivers are drafted, I have a hard time seeing in any, in any uh, NFL draft seeing four, three or four receivers drafted ahead of T-Mac when he's draft eligible. Same way with Big Jonah because Big Jonah, you can put a tackle or a guard and he's going to dominate. Look, I mean, Jordan Morgan could wind up being a late first rounder, too. Uh, I think right. he's a little bit iffy, and the iffiness is if he's first or second. Like, he's not yeah, dropping. Well. Right. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, those two guys are going to, and, and there's multiple. Like, I don't know if he's going to be a first round draft pick, but Ephesians Prysock is very clearly an NFL player. Mm-hmm. Like, they absolutely. And, and there's other guys. Um, but to me, when you look at it and you say to yourself, okay, which of these guys, if you're an NFL team, and you have the first round pick. Are you considering Jonah and T Mac are the first two? By the way, we got to give our guy Tyler Loop a lot of credit as well. I like Tyler Loop a great deal. A lot of people think his name is Tyler Luke. It is Tyler Loop. But uh, Steve Loop out there, we're giving you a shout out. Tyler Loop wanted that kick every day of the week. And you know what? He was a leader out there when Arizona needed a leader here. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good to see. Really good kid. Uh, Steve's a good dude, as you mentioned. Um, it, I mean, that's, that's, a pressure situation if there is one, right? On the road, 
stupid cowbells. You know, give your team a chance. Uh, that was another play call, by the way, I don't get. I, dude, I bet. Oh, I was gonna, and, and, and no disrespect to Luke, but I don't think they were meant to set up the field goal. I don't know what that play call was. I would, dude, I would, I said, I tweeted it at the time and uh, uh, <laughs> Matt Mielbach texted me saying he agreed, but uh, I would, uh, I would, I would have gone for the win there. I would, well, I would have. about the, the third down play where the, where Jaden just does a QB sneak. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like why, if you're going to run, why would you run Jaden? Just run. Just without and could because you were running, and that was the other thing too that was interesting too. That Arizona started uh, being able to loosen things up a little bit there. By the way, you do agree with me. We got to get Fam more touches. Don't seriously, Fam is the one dude on the team in the backfield. Again, I know all this blah 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 blah. Michael Wiley's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Um, DJ Williams got a lot of potential. None of those dudes have that burst, and we saw it on that first carry when Speedy went in. Well, we saw it. You know, we we saw it this week. Jonah Coleman couldn't block at all, did not play, had like one carry. DJ Williams had one carry. Luke had more touches than those guys. So he had the second most running back touches on the team. Was it enough? Still, probably not. I mean, he had success when he touched the ball, uh, but you still want to get him the ball a little bit more. But you know, maybe it's headed in that direction. We'll see against UTEP. Like UTEP to me, with the you know UTEP's defense is actually pretty good. Uh, right. They're not a good team, but their defense is actually pretty good. I'd give him ten touches. Just give him touches and see what he does with it. Let him cook, and then. But I always wonder with coaches like the, uh, and not necessarily with Jed, but I always wonder too with coaches like that worry about. And Rich Rod was the epitome of this. That you know you have something out there that could really shine, and then you look kind of dumb if you take if you. Uh, if you and because people start saying, well, where the heck has this been? Khalil Tate and Brandon Dawkins obviously comes to mind right there. Do you think there is it, any of that? It's really weird because like the one that comes to mind is like, if you remember, Stoops didn't play Tremaine Bondurant. Right. Right. The, Do you remember second, that? The second that uh, the old dude took over, Bondurant's the in the starting second, lineup. The second that Mike Stoops was fired, Tim Kish put Bondurant in the lineup. Like that was literally the first thing he did as head coach. It's really like Brandon Dawkins, Khalil Tate. It's super weird. Um, I don't know if it's personal or they just really like a kid. Like like Gunner, for instance. Maybe he's just an awesome kid. And well, that's the team cool. So am I. Right. But it's like, it's, it's you know, why? I don't know. I really don't know. But, yeah, I mean, Speedy should clearly get a couple more touches. I, we're not sitting here saying he should get 20 touches a game. But why can't we go five to seven? Yeah, I agree with that entirely. Can we pull up the uh, uh, the stats of the game right there, uh, Jacob Franklin? This is a very cool thing. Uh, I mean, you look at it right here. This is why I believe Arizona is better. I mean, kind of across the board, you take those five turnovers out, Sheer, and granted, I mean, that's like saying, well, if you take 45 points off the board, the other team won. But uh, there's there's a lot to like about that. Yeah, I mean, what do you, if, if I showed you that, you would have probably said, if you got rid of the turnovers, I know we can't say that, that Arizona played very well. Right. And so I mean, it's tough. I'm, I'm sorry I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Oregon State and Washington State are doing their uh, their hearing right now for the lawsuit. Wow. You got to hear this. Let me hear it. The lawyer says uh, that the Pac-12, that's something they were very likely going. I've never heard of this. Uh, everyone on Twitter is going nuts. That's something they were going to pass is that the Pac-12 would pay 
a large chunk of money for the transition costs for the schools to enter their new conferences. That's what they want? No, that's what they were going to do. Meaning Arizona moving to the Big 12, the transition costs. Pac-12 covering it? Would be used by Pac-12 money. I mean, yes. The Oregon State, Washington State's lawyers, like, come on, guys. Like, and that's what they would be voting on Wednesday. Even I'm like, okay, that's that's a bit much, guys. I gotta I gotta ask you a question about our good Oregon State and Washington State fans in here. And Clint Moses, you're a you're a man of the people. I don't understand why Oregon State and Washington State fans are still talking crap. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to the Big Sky. You lost. I mean, look, you may stay in the Big 12 and bring in other teams, but your conference still sucks. And they're still losing. I don't know why they don't think they're still going to – like the NCAA could easily take away their status as like an automatic bid or whatever just because you're you're staying against the Pac-12 or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't don't get that. Like I'm cool with – yeah. I don't get why they're still talking, but, you know, whatever. It's still – Mike, you you might – Yeah, Mike, you might eat those words. No, I never eat words because even when I'm wrong – I stand by it. I stand resolute. Um, all right. Now, looking ahead looking ahead here a little bit. One thing that we have noticed about this, uh, Tyler Warden says, Arizona only minus 17 against UTEP. That's trap right there. That's the, uh, Vegas's way of saying that uh, they want you to bet on Arizona because they think UTEP's going to keep it a little bit closer, Skier. I don't, why is minus 17 only? Tyler's not the only person to, to say that. 17's a lot of points. Yeah, but... Um, I still think people are looking at it and they're saying, well, it's Arizona and it's UTEP. I mean, yeah, UTEP. but I mean, 17's a lot. You're almost on three coach. Dana Dimmel, dude. Oh, duh. Yeah, I knew it was somebody. You know, you know who their de- I, I didn't know who their defensive coordinator was. It's uh, it's Bradley, uh, oh my God, Pavito or whatever his name is, the dude that used to be at LSU. Yeah, I know who he is. He's their yeah, DC. He's, their, he's been their DC for two years now. Oh, That's man, I'm bad. telling you. Like, their defense is good. You know who's probably going to be covering this game? Who? Wouldn't Paul Sakala be there? <laughs> that would be so funny. I didn't think about that. I got to think. I don't think he would Paul? travel. I don't think he would travel. Yeah, I don't think he would travel either. That would be, well, he could just still stay here. Um, all right. So I, I like Arizona to cover that without doing a ton of research on UTEP at the time. But, you know, we'll take it for what it's worth. Um, back to the defensive side here. And then we're going to get into a, a few a few other things. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve Hernandez, the great Steve Hernandez. Yes, more Genesis. And what about the cornerback that was a JC transfer? Love the show, gentlemen. Well, thank you on that. Um, you know, with Genesis, with Genesis, like I said, he got two snaps. I just don't understand. I know I'm beating a dead horse right here, but the horse still needs to be beaten. Why? Uh, well, Maldonado is not a secret to anybody that plays Arizona. This is not something where it's like, oh, man, hey, let's keep this a secret that Gunner can't cover. Yeah, I don't get it. I really don't. Like, you can ask me a million different ways, and I, I don't know why he plays. Oh, by the way, you said... And your dog knows that I'm about to uh, get you on this one. You said that Jacob Manu would not be on the two deep at Georgia. Do you take this back? Oh, no, not at all. He could be a two. He could be a backup. Come on. Could he? I mean, he's going to, he's probably going to be first team all pack 12. No, he he's, his numbers are going to be too. No, I normally I would agree with you, but his numbers are going to be too good to uh, keep off. You know, he missed six tackles on Saturday. Well, I know. I mean, but <laughs> now that's also why you got to have flow next to him, in my opinion, flowing downhill. Sure. 
right there. It's just like I like I like Manu, but it's a very unathletic linebacking core with him and Hamuli. They're not athletes. They're good, but they're not athletes. Correct. Yes, exactly. And you're against ever playing Noah Fafita. We have come to this conclusion, correct? Uh, it would take a monumental collapse for me to bench Jaden Delora this year. Okay. All right. So Jane's allowed to do what he wants under the sheer patrol. Yes. All right. Now, question. Let's get, we're going to look ahead to a little bit of the schedule and talk a little bit of Arizona backcourt hoops. But first, Shady Rays. Now, you might look at Jason Shear and say, that's not a cool guy. You'd be correct. You might look at Mike Luke and say, that's an even less cool guy. That would be correct. We become average just by wearing Shady Rays. That's how cool it is, and it saves our eyes. I have four eyes. Sheer only has two. But when we wear Shady Rays, we become even better. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. I do believe that Arizona is going to be three and one, though, going into the Washington game. I think they're going to blast Stanford. Stanford's terrible. And I expect Arizona to beat UTEP as well. Yeah, I think UTEP, they'll kill. It's at Stanford, and that would probably mean something to me if there are people in the stands. Man, um, I know weird stuff know. happens at Stanford, but no one will be there. They should absolutely beat Stanford. Stanford's it's probably Stanford and ASU are the worst two teams in the conference. Um, and then, you know, let's see what happens. The schedule is really hard. Uh, that, that Washington game starts an absolutely ridiculous stretch. They're going to need to steal a game. Um, you know, if they make like if they're going to make a bowl, they have to beat Stanford. They have to. Right. But I think that they can steal a couple games. I think that Washington is going to be obviously very difficult. Uh, SC is going to be very difficult. But UCLA you know, is the steal. UCLA, you could, UCLA, Arizona can definitely win. Uh, Wazoo and uh, and I almost said Ohio State, definitely not beating Ohio State. But um, Wazoo, uh, Wazoo, Oregon State, Colorado, Arizona State, those are all winnable games. Yeah, I know people don't think Colorado is winnable anymore. It is, guys. Like I like Colorado too, but right, we need to, we're going to find out a lot about Colorado starting in two weeks. Would you rather have Cam Ward or Jaden Delora? Uh, it depends on what offense. I'm no, on. no, 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 none of that. Would you rather, who would you rather have Sheer? Come on. Uh, probably this season, Cam Ward. So you'd rather have Cam Ward than Jane Delora. Sure. Okay. But I don't think Cam Ward is very, I don't know. So if you just said you don't think Cam Ward's very good, what does that mean about Jane Delora? Honestly, I'd rather have Jane and Delora. You know, you can't take it back. Yeah. Cam Ward's not very good. Uh, he's, but he's not going to do dumb things. He does do dumb things. Does Arizona beat Mississippi State with Cam Ward? I don't know. No. He doesn't no. throw a lot. So I'll give you that. What's he that? Threw, last year, he had he had eight picks. How many did Delora have? Uh, I don't know. Last year, his QB rate, I'm going to look this up, was one. No, how many? No, don't do. Don't, don't. No subterfuge on the AZ Wildcats podcast. I don't know. It wasn't at like 12. Yeah, uh, something like that. 13. He had 13 picks. But he had 3,600 yards. Ward only had 3,000. All right. I'm just saying, you just said you would rather have Cam Ward. You're a hater. All right. Let's talk about the uh, the schools in the conference with QBs. Would you rather have Cam Ward or uh, would you rather have Jaden Delore or Jeff Sims? Well, would you rather have me or Jeff Sims? I mean, then it becomes (laughs) interesting. Here's the quarterbacks in the conference, though, clearly better than uh, JDL. Uh, 
Um, would you give me Caleb Williams? Yeah, it, the quarterback, it's Williams, it's Phoenix. Phoenix? It's, uh, Phoenix. <laughs> hey, you're, it's, on a, you're on a roll today. No, it's, it's always Phoenix to me. That's how you pronounce it. All right, care. so you got Phoenix, uh, Caleb Williams. Shador. Bo uh, Who else? Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, are you are you going DJ Ugalele better? Yeah, because yeah. I don't think he was the problem at Clemson now, even though oh, I did think he was the problem. But I, I want to see a little bit more, but that's fine. Right. You got Cam, you got Cam Ward. I don't think Cam Ward is clearly better, but I get it. So you got six. So JDL is about the seventh best QB in the conference. Some people would say that for the future, you knowing you, you would say Dante Moore at UCLA also. As you as would you. As would you. For the for the next four years, yeah. Would you take Rashada? For the next four years? Would you take Rashada future over Jaden Dolores? Yeah. I don't think I would. I don't think I would. Who do you think is more likely more. to play in the NFL? Neither. No, Rashada. Rashada's more likely. <laughs> so you'd rather have Rashada's future? Yeah. This year, I'd rather have Jaden. By the way, did you know that his dad's name is like Shark or something? What? Shark Rashada might be the coolest name ever. It's something like oh. that. I'm going to look oh. this up. It's something like that. Jacob, do your job. Jacob, do it. Do it. Do as you're told right now, Jacob. Um, but no. What's that? It's Harlan. Where'd you get Shark? From? No, it's like Shark Rashada. Google Shark Rashada. Something comes up. It'll come up immediately. This is excellent TV, by the way, or excellent uh, no, live No, there's nothing there. There's nothing. Oh, maybe I saw something. Maybe I saw something different. I thought it was Shark. His Twitter is Shark Rashada. Yeah, there you go. I didn't lie. His name isn't Shark. All right. By the way, would you take Cam Rising over JDL? Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. So you have JDL as the eighth best quarterback in the conference. But is that a knock on JDL or is that a compliment to the Pac-12? Well, <laughs> I mean, that's because I mean you can go Big Twelve, and when you start doing Big Twelve quarterbacks, I think Jaden's right up there. See what I'm saying? Maybe. Maybe. I don't I don't hate that point. That's actually a fairly decent point. All right, but we both would rather have Jaden Rashad as future. Fair enough. By the way, BCAT, Cam Ward, 72.7 QBR versus Jaden Lawrence, 54 QBR. What say you, Sheer? This season? That's not a – I mean, I don't know, but if you take his career, Mark, it's – he was playing an incarnate word. Well, by the way, I'm calling my shot right here, and we're going to talk a little Arizona basketball here before we sign off. But I'm calling my shot right now. When Noah Fafita hits the court, or hits the court, when Noah Fafita <laughs> hits the field, this is going to be like the Nick, uh, I almost said Nick Scott, Matt Foles. Um, man, I'm messing everything up. This is going to be like the uh, Matt Scott, Nick Foles thing where he's going to take the reins and he will never relinquish them. And he is going to be one of the most beloved quarterbacks in U of A history. I have just said that right now. Looking back on it, though, that that was there was no wrong answer back then. Like Mount Scott wound up being really good. Nick yeah, but Foles he sucked in games. Really good. He was terrible yeah. in games. Yeah, until his senior year, they had to I bench mean, look, him. The most popular dude on the team is the backup quarterback. True, generally yeah. speaking. I mean, so I get it. Did you see hey, look, I think if you put in Noah, he's absolutely going to take the starting job and run with it. Oh, okay. Tony Clifton's wrong, by the way. There you go. You said so. Uh, um, you, so you said when you put Noah in, he's going to take the job and run with it. Yeah, I believe so. We agree. Because I think also at that point, 
when you put him in, it's his job. It goes back to what I said earlier. When you make that move, you do not go back to Jaden Delora. All right, Jacob Franklin, that is a uh, that is going to be one of those little clips that we put out there right now. All right, a little bit of Arizona basketball because we obviously got to talk about it because we have been remiss in that. Is Sims worse than Gunner? Who's worse at football, Gunner or Jeff Sims? That's a good one. Gunner didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, but Gunner just gives up touchdowns. Gunner just gives up touchdowns, though. Uh, I would rather have – I don't know. I mean, technically, that's not an easy one. Touchdowns too. Yeah, the dog, dude. That's definitely not an easy one, right there. No, that's bad that it's not easy. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, also, also, oh geez, oh geez, Jason Shear, how is your sleep going right now, my friend? With OGs, it's going great. Yes, and that's the thing right now. You want to check out OGs. OGs is here for you. It's for the people, by the people. Go to OGs.com. Check it out. Again, all kinds of different flavors right there. Um, you can get the T, uh, one-to-one THC uh, gummy balance, all kinds of good stuff. Again, check it out. OGs.com. Be cool, sleep well, and feel good in the process. OGs. All right. Arizona, we're going to talk a little bit of Arizona hoops here before we sign off. Sheer. I believe Arizona basketball is the best backcourt in the conference. Um, I didn't necessarily believe that. It does look like Bronny James is going to be able to play, but um, I do you believe though. You're talking USC so fast, dude. I What's had that? you on the show. You were on this show two months ago telling everyone how great USC was and how their backcourt was so much better than Arizona's. And now you sit here saying, Back the A. Well, I, mean, I yeah, believe it or not, every, every now and then when I back off the A, I end up always back in the A. I always come back to it. But joking aside, it's a really, really deep. Uh, it's a really, really deep uh, guard pool. Um, you got Boswell. You got uh, I almost said Jane Delora. You got Jaden Bradley. You've got Caleb Love. You've got KJ Lewis, who you are going to be incredibly wrong on. I mean, you could Paul or the Swedish pinball and. Uh, Arizona's got a lot in the backcourt. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that uh, they have the best backcourt in the conference. All right. Now, I mean, it's, Keck, it's, the most, it's the most dynamic. I will say that. Keck says Bronny should walk away. But if you're cleared by doctors and they say there's no abnormal risk, why would you walk away? Bronny should do what all the best doctors in the world tell him to do. And if the best doctors in the world say, you know what, you're good to go, I am going to take those doctors' words over Keck. <laughs> hey. You leave Keck alone. No, I know. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do believe that USC is second, though. You've obviously got Isaiah Collier, who you st- you think stinks. Um, you got Boogie Ellis. You've got uh, you got Bronny James. Th- th- there, there's a lot there. Yeah, I mean, I think they're the clear. So I was looking. I did some research on this, Mike. Uh, oh, I did. Uh, yeah, uh, I think USC is very clearly the number two. I mean, Collier. Look, I don't think he is what people think he is, but he's still good. And then Boogie Ellis obviously is a really good basketball player. Will he be a top 10 pick, Isaiah Collier? Do you want to call your shot right now and say, no, he won't be? Uh, I got to look. I gotta All right, look. check it out. No, I think there's a, there's a chance. All right. And then after that, it gets fascinating. I'm going Oregon number three right here, Jason Shear. Yeah, this got real interesting to me. Uh, Oregon is Bartholomew, Jackson, Shellstad, and who else? Jackson Shellstad, you've got your guy Quavius Aquendo, or uh, or whatever his name is, the uh, kid from Mississippi. Yeah, I probably put 
Yeah, I'd probably put Oregon number three. I'd probably put Oregon number three, but who? here's where it gets fascinating. Who do you have at number four? You can make – I know you said it. You can make an absolute argument for ASU at number four. Yeah, but I'm not going to. Frankie Collins. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. We're, we're an Arizona show here. Frankie right. Collins, Jemiah Neal, and they have Adam Miller now too. Yeah, I like Colorado's more. That's Simpson. And, Are we uh, counting Cody Williams as a guard? No, he's not a guard. He's a perimeter player. I will say this. The drop-off after three is yeah. insane. <laughs> it is not good. You know what's funny is that for one and two, fairly close. I like Arizona because they got a little bit more depth. Um, there's definitely a, a, a separation between two and three. And then after three, it's all downhill from there. I mean, shoot, you can make an argument for Cal. They had Devin Askew and then the, uh, I forget his name, but the transfer from Providence. All right, that's true. I mean, so should, it's going to be a fun Pac-12 basketball season. We agree on this. I need the Pac-12 to do it like they're doing it for football and get like eight teams in the NCAA tournament. Which that's won't all we happen ask. at all, but it'll be fun. That's all we ask for. All right. Um, all right, Jason Shear, before we sign off, where can they find you? Uh, WildcatAuthority.com, at Jason Shear on Twitter, and the Wildcat Scoop podcast with Shelby. All right, I'm Mike Luke. You can find me on Twitter at Iron Mike Luke, and well, and check out uh, Wildcats or uh, uh, PHNX underscore Wildcats. By the way, the Red Storm. This just in: Mike Luke was seen leaving a Circle K with a six pack of Four Peaks and Dylan A's bike. That is not true. The last part is not true. I would do anything to get that bike back. All right, for uh, Jason Shear, I'm Mike Luke. Jacob Franklin behind the scenes. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.